Welcome to the latest edition of the OmniTalk Spotlight Series, the podcast series where we discuss the technologies, the companies, and the people that are shaping the evolution of retail. Today, we are thrilled to turn our spotlight on a company, Parcel Pending. They are making waves in retail and in the smart locker space, and we are joined today by Kate Rydell, Parcel Pending's SVP of retail. Kate, welcome to the show. Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. Now, Parcel Penning, the company, you guys have a really interesting origin story. Why don't we start there? Because I th- it's pretty intriguing and it's pretty unique in the marketplace. So we'd love to hear more about who you guys are, what Parcel Penning is, and how it all got started. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great story. And we actually launched to solve the growing challenge of package management and security. So if you think about it, you know the increase in e-commerce, um, no doubt, is is on the rise. And so um, package theft is as well. And so it's interesting because with our smart lacquer technology, we're actually able to increase the efficiency of delivering those goods to consumers and improve that overall customer experience of receiving your order from, from your retailer. And how did it all start? So who was the one that said, hey, we're going to get in the smart locker business? So our, our CEO, Lori Torres, actually worked um, as an SVP of a real estate company and was actually managing multifamily communities at the time. And so with the influx of all of the e-commerce ordering, um, she saw that her staff was spending more time than ever actually managing packages, which was not their core function of what they were hired to do, right? They're trying to lease space and engage their current um, tenants. And so um, she actually set out to really solve the challenge and automate the process of uh, delivery and receiving goods. And was the the solution right away going to a locker system or how did she kind of come up with that? Yeah, I think she was looking for for a way to make the process more efficient. So if you think about it, um, the the couriers were delivering an influx of packages to multifamily communities. So there were, you know, 30 to 50 packages that are just inundating the the desks. And they were asking for more staff count and they were asking for more space. Um, to allocate for all of the package management. And so from her perspective, being an operator to her core, she was saying, okay, there has to be a better way. There has to be a way to really optimize this, this process, this experience while maintaining security. And so she looked into locker technology and actually built our proprietary system that exists today, the parcel pending platform, um, to give full visibility and chain of custody to the delivery of those goods. So now couriers can deliver directly into the locker in those communities and the end user can pick up. So ideally, we've really taken out the, um, the multifamily community um, member from, from processing package management. Yeah, that's why I think I love this story. That's why I want to make sure we keyed in on it because I know for Anne, it's really Anne and I both. It's really important. I mean, you've got a female founder story here. Mm-hmm. Saw this need just from just what was happening in you know apartment buildings, basically of just just the deluge of packaging that was coming every day. I said, okay, you know what? Let's have some guts. Yeah, take that period yeah. and go out and build locker systems mm-hmm. like that. Absolutely, that is yeah, pretty she wild. Had, she had so much confidence. She ended up leaving. You know a. a pretty significant role at the real estate company and, and really stepping into the entrepreneurial role and, um, you know, built it to what, what it is today. So now we have, you know, over 4,000 um, installations across the U.S. And 
Um, it's been a huge success story. So really proud of her accomplishments. And for those listening that maybe haven't seen this in action, I mean, most people probably have now, you know, given just how prevalent they are out there. But just in case for those that maybe still aren't familiar with it, talk to us a little bit about what is a smart locker at its core. And when you talk about the number of locations that you have, you know, across the country and the world, what are people really seeing there and what all does a smart locker system do? Yeah, you know, it, it's it's such a great question, Chris, because there are so many things that our locker solutions are actually able to do. It's one of the fun parts about our job is we're able to apply our technology to a variety of different use cases. So I think I shared the multifamily application, but we also work with, you know, commercial properties solving the same kind of challenge, um, grocery and retail. And so I'll share, you know, a lot of our retailers today are coming to us um, really to try to optimize the overall BOPIS experience. So if you think about how today works in BOPIS, um, customer orders online, which is very digital, um, very quick, very easy, but then they go into the store and kind of comes to a, a halt, that digital experience and becomes very analog. Hmm. They're waiting in line, their IDs getting checked, and um, that whole process takes time. And so what we're able to do is the associate can deliver directly into the locker um, and the consumer ends up getting a six-digit pickup code. They walk up to the locker inside of the store, they scan their code, and they retrieve their package. They're on their way. It's just that easy. So we're able to address a variety of different challenges. So BOPIS, as we call BOPL, buy online pickup and locker, um, but certainly we see it as the optimal uh, way for retailers to solve um, Bopis. But additionally, we also you know, are meeting the needs for grocery. So if you think about grocers today trying to solve their curbside challenges and overcome the expenses of delivering perishable goods to consumers, um, our Bopple Chill is a temperature controlled solution. And so we're able to still help them maintain different temperature zones for their goods. Um, in an outside environment so people can access 24-7. And the interesting part, too, is we're also seeing the lockers leverage for returns. Um, so returns right. have been a really great application. And so when you ask about what what do lockers do, I mean, really, the options are, are endless with what we're able to solve for our clients. And truthfully, the, the fun opportunity for us is that while there are similarities in what the challenges are that our retail partners and our partners are facing today, there are also a lot of unique um, business goals and objectives that they're trying to achieve. And so uh, we're able to really tailor the solution to meet those needs. Yeah, wow. There's a lot to unpack there. And I want to get to all of it. So I think to pull us back to, I think, so Bopis for and most people, I think that listen to us know this, but for those that are new, Bopis buy online, pick up in store. And then the other term you just threw out there was Bopple which I think is awesome. And that's buy online, pick up in locker. So go into that a little bit more. So why the, why the delineation? Why talk about it in that way? Because I, I think it's really important. It's actually something we've been writing a lot about lately too. And we'll probably get into that more as well. But, but why the important designation there? You know, we see it as a fully digitized experience. So buy online, pick up in stores. You mentioned everyone's familiar with the process. And, it, and truthfully, in how it operates today, it can go from digital to analog. 
Bopple is really focused on being a buy online, pick up and locker experience. It's a fully digitized experience. The consumer purchases the product online and then receives their project or their product in a very quick, easy and convenient way, engaging through most times through their mobile device, scanning it right there at the locker. Um, and so what we've defined Bopple as is really helped, helping to improve the customer experience. In fact, um, with, with our clients, um, I'll give you one example, um, at a major shoe retailer, they were able to increase from 86% satisfaction to 97% satisfaction with lockers. So it's a proven increase to the customer experience. But I think what it comes down to is we take out the pain points of BOPIS, right? We, we, with BOPL, we're trying to reduce all of those pain points. So it's really, you know, saving time. There's no waiting in line as a consumer. You walk in and you're able to engage directly with the locker. So you have more control over your own experience as a consumer, which is really important. Um, but it also allows for better consultations. So we're taking away and taking out of the process the inefficiencies of store associates, you know, consulting um, or addressing customers, you know, validating their order, running to the back room, hopefully finding their order, bringing it up. All the inefficient parts of that process um, we're actually solving with Bopple. Um, and so what we see it is they're really able to get better consultations. And that's what our goal is, is to improve the experience for the consumer so that associates are able to better engage now that they're not managing packages. So kind of circling back to the core of where, why we started this business, um, it's really the same kind of philosophy in, in the retail setting. That's an important point. Yeah, it frees, it frees people up in the store to do what they're best at doing. And Kate, tell me a little bit about, you know, these, these early kind of pilots that you're doing with stores, because I think one of the other benefits that we see, especially having, um, you know, worked Chris, both Chris and I both on target store of the future, just on the infrastructural developments to allow this kind of pickup, we know everybody's going to have to offer some kind of pickup solution. Um, what is it, what does it look like to start to pilot this? What kind of program? And, and it seems relatively low lift for the retailer in this case, but tell me what your thoughts are there. Yeah, so a lot of our retail partners are are exploring the technology um, through, you know, some initial segment of their stores um, where, you know, they they try out the technology in the, the lockers where they can also compare to lockers without the store. Um, and so we really try to help to guide them through that process to determine clear KPIs and key performance indicators to evaluate what does success look like at the end of this trial or pilot or test? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and that way they can really evaluate what the business impact is. Because one thing we've really recognized throughout the process is each of our retailers have unique business goals and objectives that they're trying to accomplish. Um, most of them are, are definitely looking to improve the customer experience. And I, I think that's where we're able to help them definitively um, you know, measure that throughout their test. Um, but a lot of them are looking for that that staff efficiency or increase in overall BOPIS um, adoption. Um, and so those are the metrics that we partner with them throughout the process. And then by the end of their you know, trial term or, or test period, um, they then make a decision on, on which stores they'd like to expand to. Kate, the other thing I love about the delineation too between BOPIS and BOPL is it actually takes the word store completely out of the equation. Right. Yes. Uh, yes. 
and so how and and th- I think this when I when in speaking with you at trade shows as, as I think I have probably for the last you know few years, that was what I find incredibly interesting about this too. So there's there's all the use cases you just described, but once you take out the cognitive limitation of store, and you start thinking about this as a concept overall, it can get very expansive in terms of what this can mean for retail. Can you? Can you expand upon that in terms of some of the maybe conversations you and I have had in the past? It'd be great to kind of tell the listeners in terms of where this is going. Absolutely. You know, it's really, it's such a great point, Chris. And one of the things that we find really important about where buy online pickup and lockers is headed is that you're absolutely right. It's outside of the store. So um, not actually making the consumer walk all the way into the store environment, um, you know, to actually retrieve their package. And so what we're doing today, we're actually um, going to be the first to market to really open, um, create an open network concept that'll really help to bridge the gap between e-tailers and retailers. Hmm. Um, what we're looking to do is, is enable and give give the power of the physical space to e-tailers so they don't have to be exclusive to a store, um, but at the same time, driving additional foot traffic to brick and mortar. Um, so really what we're, what we're doing is we are, are bringing together partnerships um, that, you know, help to make the overall process easier for the consumer to drive adoption, but they allow digitally native brands and e-commerce-based brands to be able to deliver product, not even at a store, right? So it enables those digitally native brands to still leverage Bopple um, by delivering product to a locker. So tell us more. Yeah, how exactly, that's fascinating. How exactly does that come to life? So it sounds like the digitally native brands are involved and then you're placing lockers strategically around parts of the country. Like how do, how do you envision that playing out then? Like at, from a consumer's yeah. point of view, what does that mean for me as Joe Shopper? You know, from a consumer perspective, I think customers are going to have more choice than ever. I think we've seen adoption with a variety of different um, pickup points across across the country. We're seeing couriers expanding those, but it's not delivering that consistent experience that consumers are looking for. And so I think with with our solution, we can integrate the lockers as an option through the purchasing journey mm-hmm. to really give more visibility and help drive adoption of the lockers um, as an easy, convenient choice for consumers. Um, and so really building this network, I think in five years from now, we're going to see lockers everywhere. I think consumers are going to be choosing to engage with lockers on a regular basis to receive their product, whether it be at their at a, at a local store around the corner from them, whether it be at their multifamily community, at their commercial office, whatever the case is, um, we're really solving the rampant theft problem as well. If you think about, you know, people are genuinely concerned their packages are going to get stolen. And so mm-hmm. I think there are a multitude of different drivers, um, but consumers are looking for choice and they want to be able to pick it up, pick up their, their order at their time, at their convenience and make sure that it's there and, and waiting for them um, when they go to retrieve it. And I want to make sure, people, make sure people hear that too, because basically what you're saying or what you're hypothesizing is that there's going to be a kind of superstructure of branded or multi-branded lockers that allow people to interact with, say, digitally native brands at the work, you yeah. know, at the gym or wherever those companies want to place those. And it's a great way for them to 
try and test out product. Yeah, exactly. It allows retail to happen everywhere. Any place can be a retail location. Like you're saying, like we remove the store from the Boppus equation. Now, if it's Bopple, yeah, that, I might have to write about that. That actually. store can be anywhere. I like that. I like well, that. I think that retail today with how it's evolved, I think retailers are recognizing that they, they don't succeed by just playing in one space anymore, right? The holy war we used to see between e-tail and retail is now becoming a partnership hmm. in many capacities. And there really isn't that clear line that used to exist, right? We're seeing e-tail now opening pop-up shops, opening their own brick and mortar locations. We're seeing brick and mortar doubling down on e-com. And so we're seeing this convergence in order to serve the overall consumer, because at the end of the day, the consumer shops both methods, right? They, they shop online and they shop in store. And so how, how, do, we, how do we meet the needs of a group of, of not only the consumer, but also um, the retailers and the e-tailers? And mm-hmm. I think, I think um, this, this solution will be uh, one that proves itself out in the years to come. Yeah, and it seems like a no-brainer, and maybe we finish up with this, but I mean, it seems like a no-brainer to me in terms of experimentation too, because the other part in this equation that we haven't really brought up yet is that it's going to be cheaper from a distribution perspective for the retailers of the brands. I mean, you have a consolidated delivery point, you have a consolidated uh, place for returns. I have to think, especially, and you mentioned this a little bit, so let's go into there now. I have to imagine in a category like grocery, that really enables you to kind of reimagine where the grocery experience could be taking place five to 10 to 15 years out from now. Absolutely. I think, I think grocery, the, the, the convenience of receiving your groceries and purchasing them online and actually receiving them in a locker that's close by you. I think that we're, we're going to see more and more adoption of consumers because you know, time is limited and, and um, people want to have a quick and efficient experience. So I think what we're going to end up seeing is more out of store evolution um, with the leverage of the locker solution. As we're thinking about um, where parcel pending is headed in the next year, what are some of the things, Kate, that you're working on to kind of continue the momentum that you have so far? Yeah. How do you get to this direction? That's yeah. what I want to know. Because <laughs> I love this world that you're envisioning. This is amazing. Like, yeah. what, what are you guys doing in the short term this year to get there? You know, we are, we're continuing to innovate. We really focus on understanding what that optimal experience needs to be, both from the customer perspective and for those that are making the delivery into our lockers. Um, and so we continue to invest in enhancing that technology um, integration with retailer technologies. Obviously, you go to a retailer show today, and it's obviously very technology-focused. And so making sure that we work seamlessly with those technologies is crucial. And also, you know, really driving the mobile experience. I think um, making sure that, you know, our experience is seamless from the mobile perspective um, are, are some key focuses for us. Right. And what, what still needs to happen in the grocery side? I know you mentioned there that you have temperature control. What, to what extent is that happening and what further advances still need to happen in that space? Yeah. So we actually just recently launched a fresh locker. And so okay. what we were identifying is that most of our groceries, you know, grocery partners want an outdoor solution. Um, and then, so we need refrigerated, we need frozen, and then we also need an ambient or, or a controlled temperature environment so that chocolate isn't melting in, in the hot sun. Um, and so we launched our fresh product 
um, which basically is, is kind of a room temperature um, controlled locker for those that don't need to be actually refrigerated or frozen. And so I think we're going to continue to see evolution in the product and right sizing what all the locker sizes need to be based on, you know, what consumers are buying. Um, and so I think we'll continue to see evolution there um, in, in just improving that overall experience and also the monitoring of the solution. We've made significant strides in, you know, providing our retail partners with the visibility into the temperature um, of each of those compartments so that they can monitor and ensure that the product is a good quality when it, when it, uh, when their customer picks it up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I didn't think about that too. You've got a whole big spatial kind of puzzle that you're playing with here too, as you try yeah. to understand customer adoption and what people are using all of these things for. Wow, that was that was awesome, and I I love this vision of the future too. I'm just going to keep saying that again. God, I hope this happens because I think it sounds 100% amazing. But uh, we can't let you get out of here without, of course, doing how millennial are you? Are you ready for this? Yes, I am. All right, let's go for it. All right, Kate. First question: When the option is available, you're at the grocery store, going inside the grocery store, not picking up in a locker in this case. Uh, <laughs> When you're at the checkout, are you pulling out your credit card or cash or are you using some form of mobile payment? I'm actually adopting the mobile payment. I'm a big Apple Pay lover. So um, All right. that one I can. God, that puts you in the, I think the 10% of our audience yeah. or of our interviews. Yeah. Well. Most, people, most people are still <laughs> whipping out their credit cards. So nice work. All right. Yes. Well, let, let's see this next one because I think maybe we're going to continue this trend. Uh, in the last week, Kate, how many times have you ordered food or coffee or um, other items via an app? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I'm a big Starbucks app lover. Um, I'd say at least three times this week, I do mobile ordering via my app. Three times? And yes, uses yes. I don't payment. like waiting in that line. I'm definitely one of those. I want it ready as soon as I walk up. So uh, I'm still shocked yeah. she only goes to Starbucks three times a week. That's what I'm trying to get over here. Jeez, wow. Way to control that addiction. Kate is having she's, she's, she's still managing it. Yes, but absolutely living up to exactly what we just talked about. Exactly. Be, making the most convenient ordering and full on digital experience. I'm, I'm on my fourth cup today. That's probably why I'm so excited. Good for Kate. All right. Last question. If you could only use one social app, what would it be and why? You know, I would say it's definitely Facebook for me. I still am connecting with so many family and friends with that app. I I love it. Um, and so, yeah, I love Facebook. Nice. You were sailing along there until, until the last <laughs> I one. Know, so, I man. know. I know. I know. But, you know, when I think about it, that's, that's just been definitely my favorite. I, I use a lot of different social apps, but still one that keeps me really connected. Yeah, it's probably actually technically the one I use the most too. So I'll call myself <laughs> out on that one. Make you feel a little bit better. Um, that was great. Uh, hey, if people want to learn more about this, want to get in touch with Parcel Penning. Send me a message on LinkedIn. Um, my last name is spelled R-E-I-D-E-L. First name, Kate. You can also check out more information on our website, parcelpending.com. So love to hear from anyone who's interested in learning more um, and answer your questions. All right. Well, thank you so much again for our audience. That was Kate Rydell, the SVP of retail at Parcel Pending. On behalf of all of us, on behalf of Kate, on behalf of Anne, be careful out there.